Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Shit bowling ideas back and forth. Hippie science. Right. right. It's not science science. It's almost like I'm trying to call for just people to just be better. That we could have some kind of study on these type of Her mother was on board, I guess. Of course yeah. she was. She got pretty and... on board and didn't have to fuck the man to do it. <laughs> Our devil's advocate type stance here. See you Jessica. And you're Seth. And this is the Hippie Science Variety Hour. You know, I, I think everyone in the audience knows that you're one of these, you know, crazy naturalistic fucks, right? You know, you're always trying to... I think to, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, you're always trying to keep away <laughs> keep away from any, any. you know, you're always on, on the fucking soapbox about aluminum and deodorant or something. Yes, uh, and fluoride <laughs> in our fucking water, man. Yeah, yeah, the fluoride thing... I, I I don't know so much about that, but you know, well, people, it calcifies your penile gland, so it makes us dumb and closes everyone down to their third eye. <clears throat> All right, well, moving on from that. <laughs> so you turned me on to this documentary that I actually really enjoyed, uh, and what was it called on Netflix? Stink! Uh, stink! Exclamation point! Yes, stink! Stink! So this uh, this thing actually it 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 lined it lined up a lot with uh, the kind of stuff that that i do really uh you know so for like a short rundown there's a guy who bought his daughter some pajama pants for christmas and then Mm -hmm. he opens up the package uh on christmas morning after his daughter's seen them because she wants to put them on and he's hit in the face with this odor that he's like why the fuck do pajama pants smell like this like raunchy (laughs) nastiness yeah uh, well, I mean, it, I feel like it probably smelled like some kind of real you know, weird synthetic you know, type thing, very chemically. Have you uh, never ordered, like, a shirt or something from China or one of those, like, Wish app type places and it smells real weird? Probably, but I, you it's know. It's raunchy. I just, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just throw it in the washer and it'll smell normal, right? Because uh, I usually That's wash because... my clothes before I wear them anyway. Yeah, but I mean, that smell, it's off-putting to humans for a reason. Just the way that rotting meat smells bad to us, we don't eat it because it's a, you know, it's a evolution thing. It's a natural survival skill. If something smells bad, you don't need it on you or in you. Uh, definitely, maybe, but I mean... Definitely, I, maybe. I smell, I smell, I smell, I smell bad You need sometimes. to watch the documentary again. Uh, so... There were a lot of things in the documentary that I thought were very interesting, but I think a lot of the way that they presented it was overhyped. Really? Yeah. I do not. So I think that's your swayed, swayed opinion because of the field you're in, personally. No, the field that I'm in made me think about it harder, right? Okay. Uh, so Explain. So they tell you when you, when you, uh, so because I work in a chemistry lab, uh, one of the very first things someone told me was, Hey, you don't want to stay in this industry too long. And I said, why? Like, what do I not know? And he says, uh, working, if you work your whole life in the chemical industry or just chemistry in general, right. Then you on average die 10 years younger. Well, I mean, what I remember one conversation when you first started explaining to me, like what you did, yeah. That you told me there was like increases of cancer, birth defects, like women were scared to work their pregnant. 
Yeah, well, you know, most labs have safety precautions for for things like that, but they, you know, what I was talking about then is that someone warned me. They said, "Hey, if you're going to work with this, you should make sure to work with it under, you know, those those chemical fume hoods that suck air in to make sure it doesn't come back out at you." Um, yeah. Because um, amines, which is like a functional a functional group in organic compounds, uh, those are known to cause infertility. And oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and if you just look at the SDS, which is the safety data sheets on a lot of the chemicals, it'll say. They can cause birth defects. They can cause, you know, this. You know, some of them are known to be cancer-causing. But, you know, it's it's like that. It's like that in a lot of things, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> Everything causes cancer now. Yeah. But when it's in your clothes, I think it's a little <laughs> more concerning. I think it's not just like your clothes, but also everything else we put on our body. I think that as a society, we kind of dismissed the largest organ of our body, which is our skin. You know, we completely dismiss that. And if you're not like putting it literally inside your body, we don't think about the effects that it has on us. Oh, no, I completely agree with you. I, I mean, just think about it, you know, if, uh, so even, even if it's not something that will readily go across the, you know, something that won't readily just sink into your skin. Um, Mm -hmm. If, you know, it's not wet or anything, think like if you wear the shirt over a course of a day, you're going to sweat a little bit. Right. And then right. whatever, whatever's in the shirt is going to probably be, you know, the, the, it's going to absorb through the sweat some cause your pores are going to be opening up. Uh, and it'll, it'll get in there to, to some extent. Uh, right. the, the thing that concerned me more is like, so if, if you get something like that in the mail and you're like, wow, this fucking stinks. Uh, I, I don't want to put this on. I'm going to wash it. When you wash it, it's probably it's probably mostly fine after you wash it, right? Do I'm not going to so? say. Because I don't. Well, I think probably. Mostly, right? Probably mostly. I think mostly. it just eliminates more of the stench factor and that the compounds of the chemical that cause that stench is still in the fabric. It depends. It depends on a lot of factors, right? Uh, now if you're using laundry detergent, that, that I mean, also has chemicals in it. Yes, yes, yes. But you you're can just buy putting more in. Yeah. You can buy a nice natural laundry detergent. That's basically just soap, right? That's, uh, that's mm-hmm. what we use in my house actually. Um, but so that's, that's probably going to get most of it out, right? The, the levels to which these, these compounds are going to be soaked into your clothes, shouldn't shouldn't be that that bad after you wash it right shouldn't be i don't think right but when they when they went into detail about everything else so it's not just your clothes it's your couch it's your carpet it's any chair you're ever sitting in it's whatever you know like if i come home after a long day at work and i want to you know like strip down to my boxers and throw on my you know tv and sit on my couch you know after I'm sitting there for a little while, this stuff is getting into my skin because you don't throw your couch in the washing machine when you first get it. <laughs> I mean, not usually. I mean, you better have a badass washing machine. A fucking badass one. There is a really cool one I saw that they do mattress cleanings, though. 
I mean, that's cool. That's really cool. That's cool as fuck. But I mean, think, you know, this is on, this is also on your sheets. It's on the mattress that you buy. And the, you know, the reason that they gave in that documentary actually is back in the sixties and seventies, the leading cause of house fires was cigarettes, right? People falling yep. asleep with burning cigarettes in their hand. So right. they went to the tobacco companies and said, Hey guys, do you think you could have a cigarette that extinguishes uh, faster? Right. It doesn't just, mm-hmm. doesn't just keep burning because if, if you've ever seen someone just leave a cigarette sitting after it was lit, it's going to burn all the way down. All the you way know, to the butt. It, it doesn't go out, which is right. something you, you don't see. I've, I've known people who uh, like grow tobacco in their garden and roll their own cigarettes and those cigarettes go out. Mm-hmm. So they, they you do. know, the, all the chemicals that they treat these cigarettes with keep them burning. So they go to the cigarette companies and say, hey, do you, uh, they being the, the government at the time, I believe, they said, do you think you can the make... The capital T, they? Yeah, capital T, they. So they go to the cigarette companies and say, hey, can you make a cigarette that'll go out if, if it's not being, you know, puffed on? Uh, and they said, sure, we'll, we'll give it a, sh- we'll give it a, a shot. And then what happens, but the cigarettes taste different and you know, a smoker is never going to deal with that. Right. Uh, so the cigarette companies, instead of saying, oh yes, we're the problem. They went to the clothing companies and the furniture companies and the carpet companies. They basically just went and lobbied this, all, all of the apparel type industry and said, Hey, why don't you treat your cloth that you're putting on everything with this flame retardant substance that we now know is a carcinogen. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they still Do you really put it, think they didn't know then? Do you really think they didn't know? I, I think they just didn't care. Right. Like they okay. didn't. Okay. They I'll didn't, give you that. I'll, I'll at least give you that much. Yeah. They were like, Oh, it's going to stop fires. You know, people are going to get hurt less. People are, you know, going to be better off without their house burning down with them in it. So yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll fair just, enough. yeah, we'll just do this. So I think that's what, you know, they, they went and lobbied all of these people instead of changing the cause of the problem. They, they went and made everyone else change. And now the, the legacy of that is that everything we come into contact with on a daily basis is, is covered in this cancer causing compound. Right. Well, I mean, you're not even taking into consideration also the rise with these fragrance outlet things and the wax warmers, diffusers, all of these things. Those are putting chemicals in the air. There's actual studies that are linking um, like those plugins to cancer and your Lysol wipes, you know, like your cleaning supplies. It's in every fucking thing you touch. It's in everything you put in your environment. It's everywhere. And I know people that have that mast activated cell syndrome. I hope I'm saying that correct. Yeah, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Okay, so it's a... um, It's a autoimmune disease that is developing more and more lately. Um, You see it a lot in the Lyme community, and it's basically where you become allergic to your entire environment. Fragrances will make you have anaphylactic shock, um, any kind of perfumes, powders, chemicals, anything like that. And these poor people have to live like hermits to keep themselves from having these terrible reactions because our world is so poisoned. Every yeah. bit of it. So I, I like the way you put that there. Our world is so poison. 
right? It is. They're poisoning so us. The the uh, the interesting thing about this is that there there probably are I, like in the documentary they they present it as if there are absolutely no standards ever, right? And it does look like they're playing way 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 more fast and loose with those things than I ever thought they did, right? Way but, looser than you thought. Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, all the FDA stuff. That was that was absolutely fucking abhorrent. What uh, blew my mind is that they can put the word fragrances on the ingredients and never even disclose what it is. That's see, not a fucking ingredient. That didn't blow my mind at all. It did mine. Yeah. Well, it's probably just because I was educated in the sciences, right? Whenever right, I've, and, and whenever I've looked that, at the back you know of a bottle. Yeah. Whenever I've looked at the back of a bottle and it says fragrance. Uh, I'm always just like, but what is that? You know, I, I always right. and the, every everything in there. You know, any any there's there's more than just fragrance. You know, fragrance is not just the only type of thing that gets to be a catch-all, right? Right. Right. And yeah, we should we should break that down. I, I think you were about to, <laughs> and I cut you off. But um, on the fragrance part. Yeah. How how they can just there's a loophole where, uh, on on the the back of uh products they'll list the ingredients and then they'll just say fragrance and okay so the best way i can explain it is how i kind of like put it together in my brain Uh so if you think about colors okay red and red and yellow make orange but if you had a painting you wouldn't list that red and yellow make that orange it's just an orange picture right right that's how fragrances work that's a beautiful way to break it down yeah, it can be X, Y, and Z that makes up this fragrance term that's an umbrella term. But Yeah, but I the mean, problem would, with fragrance is do. that it's not X, Y, and Z. It's the entire alphabet plus about 400,000 right, numbers. Right, exactly. Yeah. Plus the numbers. We're getting rather geometric and algebraic yeah. in here. Yeah. It's it's fucked up. It but is. The So, I mean, you, you think, you know, you mentioned colors. I mean, even if you look at the back of... Um, like juices, you know? Yeah, you, the dyes. You go, oh. you go and buy buy some juice and it's going to say like red number three, you know? Yeah. It's not. Red dye number three, man. Ooh, that's exactly. a bad one. Yeah, so there's there's a bunch of these little things they can put that stuff in. and A whole lot of them. Yeah, honestly, man. And then market it. And then what kills me is that they're still legally allowed to market it as something safe or something for children or something for old people or sick or what the hell ever. That they're able to use this you know, move towards more all natural life and claim that it is. And it's not at all. It's just a fucking marketing ploy. So I think one of the things to consider with this though, is that in the, in the single product itself, there's probably not what would really be considered like truly hazardous levels. Oh, excuse me. Of these, uh, of these compounds. Right. So, right. If you're, you know, if you're buying a pair of pajama pants and they smell funny and you put them right on, you're probably not going to go into anaphylactic shock the next minute unless you're someone with one of these conditions like you were just describing. Right. Right. But <clears throat> the thing that concerns me is that they are in everything. So everything. So you're getting saturated when you don't even realize you're getting saturated. Saturated might be a strong word, but But if it's you're in everything, how can you not consider it saturation? Well, uh, maybe we have different definitions of saturation because you know, like in in chemistry, say uh, say you're 
putting sugar in coffee, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can keep adding sugar and adding sugar and adding sugar and adding sugar until... To the point it can't take anymore. Yeah, like, eventually it's not going to be coffee, it's going to be syrup. And that would be, right. like, the saturation point of your coffee. Okay, so could we say contaminated then? Contaminated? Um, certainly... We'll go with that. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they ran a little... Uh, they, they didn't go into a lot of detail on it, which I thought was suspicious in the documentary. Uh, you know, they, they sort of just quickly showed this news anchor who had gone and gotten her blood drawn or something. And she said, mm -hmm. yes, and they found, uh, they found all of these same chemicals in my blood that were in, you know, these, you know, these common chemicals that are in all these different fabrics. And right. I think that's, that's concerning to a level, but they didn't, they didn't go into any real amount of detail as to how much, um, like what the levels of it were. They just said there, there were some in there, which sounds more to me like a sensationalist story than something actually based on a good amount of, you know, evidence that it's going to be, you know, significantly well, bad taking... for you. If they're taking a clip from a news show, it's going to be sensationalized. Yeah. But at the same time, what's that? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. There's a chemical that was in, I believe it was Missouri. Is it Teflon? That we actually, that they started creating, it, you know, they made there. It started getting into the water supply. And now that almost every single human will test positive for that chemical in their blood. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, is it I Teflon? I don't remember what it is. Chromium? I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I sent you an article the other day about how they're, they looked at basically, you know, a, a very decent sample size of just like small to large towns <laughs> all across the U.S. and tested the water and found that there were these like non-destructive compounds in the water that are just in there from all the other stuff, right? Like, we're just going to be drinking this stuff that uh, is is known to be hazardous, and it's it's not something that like you can really treat the water for. Right. I mean, and then you've got to think with when you pair something like that, where our environment has been poisoned, contaminated, however you want to look at it, and then you see, I just read a statistic that you are twenty six more times more likely to have a chronic illness if you were born after 1989 so with the rise of chronic illness autoimmune diseases and the rise of pollution poison contamination within our system it's no fucking wonder that we're having all these rises in cancers and these diseases that we can't even put like an actual term on at times that we make these umbrella terms up to try to justify a symptom yeah, I'm with you there. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the the stats on what you're talking about, uh, but I don't, I don't necessarily doubt it. I, I do think that there is. So, with with a lot of this natural stuff, which is a lot of the the reason I've I've left you off and you know made fun of you for, for so long, is that you know it, it ties back to that same that same thing I was concerned about with the the news story that they clipped on the documentary, right? <clears throat> A lot of times you can have trace amounts of things, you know, in your body that aren't necessarily going to affect you that much, right? Now, something that concerned me, the main thing I was thinking about was, 
So think about the way that some drugs stay in your system longer than others, right? Right. Um, so think about, uh, you know, if someone goes on a cocaine bender over the weekend, real, realistically, like if they did that Friday and Saturday night by like Wednesday morning, you're not going to be able to tell. <laughs> right. They should uh, be fine. Yeah. But if someone. Well, fine blood wise. Let's just let's clarify that. Well, they, they wouldn't test positive for cocaine. Right. <laughs> uh, not in their blood. Or their urine. Uh, right. So the same is not true if you did that with uh, marijuana, right? So if you right. spent if you if you spent two days sitting around uh, taking you know huge bong rips every thirty minutes, you're you're probably going to have that for at least a few weeks in your system. Right. I mean, that sounds like a great weekend. I am willing to try. <laughs> it sounds like a great weekend for you, certainly. But yeah. <laughs> They, um, I, I think, I think about that in the way that these, uh, chemicals will be filtered through our system, right? Necessarily. Okay. And so, so like how well our body can break down each chemical that we're introduced to as well plays a huge factor in this. Yeah. And it, and it depends a lot on, uh, things like polarity, uh, you know, like Mm -hmm. the, the reason THC metabolites stay in your system so much longer is because they're fat soluble they they stay in your fat cells right right that's right, that's right. where their affinity is um whereas you know other drugs i don't i don't know that much about cocaine but i imagine cocaine isn't fat soluble right that's why it comes out of your system very quickly uh if you think about the the huge variety of of chemicals that we get exposed to even if you're getting exposed to relatively benign uh doses of them uh in your daily life if there are some that have greater affinities for different types of tissues in your body that's a little more concerning right because if you're being exposed to them on a continual basis uh you know some of them will probably go ahead and filter out before you accumulate any levels that are necessarily going to be harmful but others maybe not so much well, I mean, and then the cumulative factor, like how long it stays in our bodies, that means that you're putting, you know, chemical on top of chemical on top of chemical, you know, just like someone that does smoke marijuana. If you don't stop, you're just compounding the amount of THC that's in your body as it starts filtering out. So if we are just continually introduced to all of these chemicals, there's got to be some of them that it breaches critical mass almost within our bodies. And that's when it starts creating the physical and medical problems definitely maybe right definitely maybe um, <laughs> why did we not think of that as a podcast name like i don't wow. know I've, i think i've heard it somewhere before i don't i don't think that's original probably uh, not but the the thing the thing i worry about is that um like as as these things even the things that might not stay in your system that long, right? Um, think about stuff like free radicals, right? Right. Uh, you know, free radicals are basically just like these little oxygen, uh, <laughs> just oxygen molecules that are running around just breaking shit in your cells, right? That's why antioxidants are important. That's why they're called antioxidants because they come in and stop that oxygen from oxidizing things, Right. Now mm-hmm. these these compounds might might have a, a sort of similar way of doing things, where it's not that they're 
they're causing something like obvious, you know, they, they might not be causing tumors to grow, but they might be fucking with your metabolism or something else that's very important in some way that, you know, over the course of years and years and years, it might not be very good. And that's not even told- things, that's not even things that will accumulate in you. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. There's a couple of speculations now that the rise in women's breast cancer is from the fragrances and the products that we use more frequently than men typically do. Yeah, and, they use, I mean, they use that specifically in the documentary. Yeah, I mean, I, it makes perfect sense to me. I personally have had tumors in my armpits. So that was one thing that was really big to me is to make sure that I'm putting natural deodorant on me because I don't want to help contribute to more forming. It's just not fun. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I really went through a whole time where I completely made my own shampoo. I made my own deodorant, my own everything. Right. Well, listen, this shit has made me want to do that. (laughs) It really has. I'm just going to warn you, it's time consuming, okay? I, I know it is. I know it is. It's great. I recommend it. It's not that hard, but it does get time consuming. It does take time to figure out your formulas for what you like because we've gotten used to those easy buys of shampoo and conditioner and body washes and stuff. You've gotten used to how your non-natural deodorant works. Certainly. Not saying... The natural ones don't work as well because I love the ones I use. I mean, you but also stink. Do I? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> it's okay. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, Humans I, I aren't meant to smell like flowers, damn it, people. Okay? Yeah. We can smell like people. Well, you know, I'm always a fan of people smelling like people. I am too. I mean, you know, always might be a strong word. Always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how pungent the person. Yeah. <laughs> it just, there's a pungent factor that we've got to, we got to remember here. Yeah. But you know, all of this, it really does. Uh, it, 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 it shocks me the level of disregard that there is to this in, in the country that we live in. Right. It's um, all just about making money. The quickest, cheapest profit. That's all it's fucking about. People be damned. We don't care if we kill you tomorrow. Oh, well, you've got more people. We'll just sell it to them. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and they hide it under the guise of job creation, which yep. is which is very, very disingenuous. Uh, there, there was that, fucking repulsive. There was that great scene in the documentary where he went after the lobbyist for these, <laughs> for these things. And the guy was like, well, you know, we don't want to cost people their jobs. We want to make sure that people are going to be you know, well represented and we're, we, we are the utmost concern for the health of people who use our products, but, uh, not if it's going to cost us money, basically. Like he really, he really didn't even try to hide that fact. So with lobbying, I think we should not even be allowed to lobbying, uh, the government if it's a business type situation. I don't think they should be able to have a lobbyist. However, I do support it for something like Lyme disease, (laughs) where we've had lobbyists that have actually got, you know, things started rolling to get sanctions put in place. Yeah, I think this is a perfect place to air our beautiful Lyme worry commercial. I was just about to do that. Were you? Yeah. uh, Brilliant minds, man. In sync. 
All right. I know. We're damn hot damn. All right. Well, yeah, everybody knows, I hope, uh, that we are the official podcast of Lime Warrior. And here's a message from Lime Warrior. Lime Warrior is a team of sick people and advocates fighting for better treatment, testing, and understanding of Lyme disease. We're working towards funding medical research, raising awareness, and improved quality of life for impoverished Lyme warriors. As a 501c3 nonprofit organization, we would love to have others join us in this movement. Find us at www.limewarrior.us and across all social media platforms as Lime Warrior US. Oh, shit. You know what? Wasn't that beautiful? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So the... um, the lobbying thing is very weird to me because it is to me too. I really, I, f- I feel like I do recognize it as necessary for some things, but I don't know how you allow it for, for some things and not a lot of others. I think, you know, it, it, it's do. just, it's very sketchy. It can't territory. be for anything for, for profit. I think it should be nothing for profit should be able to have a lobbyist. <clears throat> yeah. But then that includes gonna... pharmaceutical. You're just going to get a lot of people scamming the nonprofit industry then. I mean, that already happens some, you know? I mean, it already happens. That's why you've got to be careful about which nonprofits you back. Yeah, that's why That's why we're so happy about LimeWarrior being so good. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but that's what gets us into these problems. I feel like when, if you could sit down a timeline, per se, of when government sanctions went off track... I yeah. guarantee you there's going to be a split when lobbying was in, was introduced as heavily as it is now. I I wouldn't doubt it. I think the um the way forward is just going to have to be more like like I I hate to be someone who just calls for regulation all the time, <clears throat> but it really I don't I don't see how we like in our country, we we function in a way that just completely doesn't think we should play by any kind of rules, right? Right. And, and people will argue that to death. Like people, like it's it's like their religion is deregulation. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like so that. If you look at uh, in in the documentary, they talked about how the, like these these chemicals um, in the U.S. We only have like. 10 that, that are that are banned to put in clothing and you know household <laughs> shit like that right mm-hmm. but if you look at the u uh the united um not united the U Kingdom? not the, not the uk but uh the un not the un mm-hmm. <laughs> europe <laughs> that that the whole the whole of europe that the uk just left right yeah. or they, they've tried to uh no they did they the european the union down this week the European Union. Uh, the European Union has like 1,200 of them that you can't put shit into. And, yeah. y- you know, this this ties right back to the food stuff that we talk about all the time. How if you look at the European Union and countries within that European Union, like, uh, like Italy, you know, uh, how if you eat Italian food in the U.S., the, you walk out, you know, with a belly full of pasta feeling like you just ate a brick, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll sit down for these long meals while they'll, you know, eat multiple courses. And it's, you know, they don't eat, you know, what we think of as Italian food in the U.S. in Italy. You know, they they eat right. higher quality food in 
<clears throat> not only the dishes that are being served, but also the quality of the grain that they're using in their pastas, right? You, you well, can it's either... not poison with glyphosate. What is it? Glycophosphate? Glyphosate. That's it. <laughs> uh, they don't have that over there. That's that's well, outlawed. They're like eliminating it at, in countries across the globe except the U.S. Well, there there is that, but also just like um, the the kind of the grain that we use here is different. You know, right? You know, they use uh, like small, you know, heirloom type type grain. And a lot of the food there where... And it's not a lot of GMOs like we use here. Yeah. And if you if you look at... Uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't been to France, but uh, <laughs> I've talked to plenty of people who have, you know, been over there and they talk about the way that people eat over there. And it's like, no, they sit down for these huge long meals and, you know, it's bread and butter and wine and everything is, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of food in meals, but you don't see the same kind of obesity that you see here because it seems to me that there's less shit in the food that just sticks in you, right? It's less fillers. Yeah. Yeah. If you look even at like a U.S. product, say like, okay, there's one that I have an image for specifically that I can share on our Facebook group that is the Nutri-Grain Bar. Not that I'll eat those things because that's disgusting, but... (laughs) If you look at the back of the package from U.S. and a European country, it is completely fucking different. It's like natural strawberries, whole grain, uh, real sugar, things like that. You look at the U.S. one and you can't pronounce 10 of the 20 ingredients on there. Yeah, there's also a reason that Mexican Coke is so popular in the U.S., you know yeah, what I'm talking they don't about? Add they, shit into it. Yeah, because they use like real sugar versus right. these, you know, these compounds that like trick your nerves into thinking they're sweet here. <laughs> you know, that, um, what is it in Diet Coke? The uh, aspartame? Aspartame. Yeah, that's yeah. been linked to cancer too. Yeah, very, very strongly linked to cancer. Very strongly. And I know people that still down Diet Cokes like it's nothing. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's very odd to me. Do you think that it's a problem that our society, that we trust products too much, that we trust these companies, that they wouldn't put something into them that would hurt us, and now we're just awakening to the bullshit that we've been falling for this whole time? Well, I think, I mean, it even happened to me. It, you know, they're supposed to be the Food and Drug Administration. You know, it seemed, you know, we thought the Food and Drug Administration was watching out for us. And And they very much don't seem to be. They're not, not even, all, they're not even seems. doing they're not even doing their independent studies into the the the, the shit that goes into the, the things that were in this documentary. I mean they showed right. they showed Senate hearings where they were like, Okay, did uh you, Mr. Whoever the fuck you are, uh <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, person for the FDA, uh did You the, Mr. White Man. <laughs> yeah. Did you look into you know, did you independently look into this? And they say no. Uh the businesses who are making this stuff publish, you know, make available the the safety information for the things that they uh, are putting out. And some things, like uh, this fragrance issue, they don't have to disclose what the fragrance is, even to the FDA. Yeah, so they don't even fucking know what they're putting into it. Exactly. And the FDA, that's alarming. Yeah, and the FDA doesn't even think that's a problem. They're like, no. 
I mean, it's, it's oh, okay, cool, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fucking it's fucking science one hundred and one that if a business puts uh puts out a study about their product, then you you don't trust the people who are profit motivated for the product to put out the safety study for it, right? No, that doesn't. I mean, you don't eat, you don't let kids grade their own tests. Why the hell would you let a business grade their own product? That's exactly that seems it. Pretty fucking basic. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just a. It's a, it's an integrity of research thing, you know. If someone wants something to be good, they can they'll do everything they can to make it good enough to, you know, release to the public. You can grease enough palms to make anything pass on a self. Uh, what am I looking for? Self finance study. You can. Yeah. You yeah no you absolutely can, and I mean. Even even the data itself, I mean, it's possible to manipulate things in such a way that it looks legit. I mean, right. just the way that it's presented. And, you know, that's that's where independent researchers have to step in and say, OK, I, I see that you did this and I'm not going to I'm not going to have my starting point be that you're lying. But peer review exists for a reason. There's, you know, the experiments, exactly. the experiments are supposed to be you know, reviewed by people who are good to review them. And it, it doesn't really seem like the FDA is putting even that much effort into it. It's like, okay, we're reading it. You didn't list anything that's on our 10 long, 10 substance long list of shit you're not supposed to put in it. So we're all good. Yeah. It really makes you, uh, stop putting as much stock into something that says not approved by the FDA or has not been evaluated by the FDA. Okay. So what? Because they don't evaluate any of the shit they claim to anyways. So yeah, what the hell does it matter? That's absolutely true. Uh, I mean, we even did this on, on the, um, one of our previous episodes where we talked uh, medical medical devices. Yeah. Yeah. How, how basically we are just the Guinea pigs for the, the drugs that they're, they're, yeah. They're well, I mean, most drugs do have a more stringent process to get. Uh, you know, they got to go through clinical trials usually, but the devices don't. Then we're looking the at devices the, don't at yeah, all. We're looking at the same situation here, where uh, the clinical trial is just the you know basically the initial public offering of the material. Right. And I mean, it freaks me the fuck out. It it really does. It, it shook me up, honestly. I mean. Not, not. I kind of enjoyed it that it's like rocked your world this much because as much fun as you've made of me over the years for, you know, my hippy dippy, whatever, oh, you're, you know, soap with twigs or some shit. You just watch, boy, you can have a soap with twigs one day real soon. I've got one already. <laughs> See? Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I did have it before the... Uh... Before I watched the documentary, I'll say that. Yeah, but that's because I've been in your ear for a couple of years now. Well, that too. And I mean, I, I live with someone who is just like, no, we're going to use natural laundry detergent. We're going to get all these natural soaps. And I'm like, you know, I go to the store and I'm like, this shit's kind of nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. And then it's, it's shit nice. gets kind of expensive, though. Yeah, it does get kind of expensive. And that's that's another See, thing. And that's, that's another th- problem. Yes, yes. That's thank another you. fucking problem. It, it scares that, the fuck out of me that the most yeah. vulnerable people in our society, the people who aren't going to be able to take care of themselves if they do get sick from this, are the ones who aren't going to be able to protect themselves from these types exactly. of things. Exactly, exactly. And they're the same people that when we if, 
digging deeper into the protection thing, they're the same class of people that could not afford any legal action to take against a company, that there's no fucking way that they could grow a third head and it wouldn't matter. I mean, the second one would probably be alarming too, but yeah, they could grow. (laughs) It's fine up until the third one. Up until the third one, you're getting a little weird. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, anything drastic could happen. Like the people with Flint, Michigan, with their water. It's you know, like it, that's this still is not killing fixed, right? people. Still not fucking fixed. That was years. And, you know, it's been years. This one guy. Oh my god! This one guy uh, brought in this super cool um, station that would give clean water for free. Yeah. And the fucking people destroyed it overnight. That someone came in and destroyed it. And I'm not, I don't think it was someone in the community. I think it was some kind of sabotage stuff. But that's diving real deep into the rabbit hole. Well, you know, but, there's I mean, you know, there's a certain company that is uh you know, they they make a lot of shit, you know. Uh yeah. That they that kind of notably a few years ago, it didn't make the kind of waves that it should have because of course, you know, they have corporate power and money. So mm-hmm. they they were lobbying to, to say that water isn't a right, you know? Like, they want what? to own the fucking rain, basically. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Because, because they bottle water. <clears throat> and wow. realistically, it seems, it seems to me, uh, I mean, you know, I live in a city where, you know, you know, I don't have well access, you know. Uh, if you live out in the middle of nowhere, you, you, you know, you have running water usually right i have a, if you well, have a well i have lovely yeah. mountain water now yeah i mean and and that is great i grew up drinking well water and i don't drink the fucking water from the tap where i live <laughs> because i can't stand city water it, it tastes that, it tastes wrong it does it tastes plasticky to me yeah it does and i mean so if you're in the city your water's contaminated. Like, you can't even trust your water. You bathe in that. You cook in it. You brush your teeth. You wash your clothes. Everything. So your entire environment has these traces of this chemical in it. That's not good. No, it's not like, good at all. It should be a basic human right. Put it in the fucking Constitution if you need to. You know, the pursuit of happiness and fucking clean water. And okay? fucking clean water. Well, yeah. you know, I think about utility bills. You know, I understand... Um, I understand paying for electricity, right? But to me, it seems that like I, I understand that there's there's a cost of upkeep and water treatment and these type of things, but that seems like one of those things that should just should just be part of the taxes to me. Don't like, you? Yeah, don't you think they take enough taxes to cover that? Come on. Yeah, and it, like it's just another way to to siphon more money out of people. Yeah, That's all it fucking is. The, I mean, the people who are barely making it, who have to live in, you know, the worst, you know, the the, the worst neighborhood possible just to be able to afford to live there, you know? And right. I mean, these neighborhoods are the worst neighborhoods because they're the only places that poor people can live, right? Right. Um, I had someone one time who was descri- like telling me uh, that this chemical plant in this neighborhood where where he worked was the reason that the neighborhood was like that. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, this plant's been here for years and years and years. And this neighborhood kind of grew up around it. You know, I mean, it was, you know, not nearly as populated as it was before then, but the reason that it's a bad neighborhood is because people who can't 
afford to live anywhere else are the ones who get stuck living next to a place. I mean... Right, it's not prime real estate to live next to a chemical plant. Yeah, I mean, That's it's really obvious. not because, I mean, disasters happen. Right. I mean, not, I mean not contaminations just, happen. Yeah, Everything not, not just mean, not yeah. just not just spills, but I mean, explosions like shit. Shit goes wrong. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want to be the guy living in the house next door to the to the fucking hydrogen bomb. You know, nobody wants to live in Chernobyl. OK, exactly. Just nobody wants to. And I don't blame them. So it's it's really it's really sad to me. But, you know, at, at least we could say. You know, one one way to get people a little more loosened up is to not have to pay for literally life doesn't exist without water. You can't live without it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, you can walk out into the woods and build a little shack out of sticks, you know, and find a way to insulate that motherfucker, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got shelter, but... You can't create you, water. Yeah, and and you need clean water. Right, you do. And they look, you know, I didn't get that fucking lesson in grade school. You I know? didn't either. They never they never once taught us that you need to boil water even, you know? Mm-mm. I learned it later in life when, you know, like my dad out on the farm kind of stuff and yeah. you're going to know how you need to survive in case something happens, but outside of that, no. You're not taught basics. There's a survival skills. And I don't see how I'm very curious to see where the shift happened, where we started having to pay for water and pay for this basic thing. And then again, where it split off, where they started poisoning the water. I'm rather interested in the conspiracy theory about population control when it comes into these things where we're, po- where we're getting our environment so poisoned and so toxic because it's a real good way to kill off a lot of people. I yeah, mean, yeah. it really is. I've seen Agenda I've seen. 21. Okay, let's calm down. Hey, now, you knew I was going to get on a soapbox with this one. Come on. No, uh, look, I'm, I'm with you, but I'm not willing to go down the conspiracy theory that they're doing it off of population control. I do think it's purely just... Purely profit-driven? I think it's purely greed. Yeah. I don't know. I could see that there is some standing and some validity to the idea that there is a population agenda going on. I really could. I saw this great thing online the other day uh, about this specifically, and I think I saved it and I'm going to look for it right now. Okay, Um, cool. It, it was, Um, yeah, I don't think I saved it actually, but it it basically, it basically said, uh, if you look at the amount of land in the world that is, you know, occupied by our populace, it's, I mean, the, you know, the global population, like the actual, you know, not even just area of the earth, but land of the earth. Right. Uh huh. Um, it's. It's only like ten percent, right? So this this population control thing, it's it's not, it's not that population control is even necessary. It's that they won't do the things to calm down the problems that they are blaming on population control because it's going to cost money to change the way that things are done. 
oh, it's a total scapegoat issue. Yeah. The dwindling of our resources because there's too many people. That's fucking bullshit. The dwindling of our resources is because these people keep raping the land. Yeah, exactly. And they're not going to stop. No, they're not. Because they're, the agencies that are put in place to make them stop don't make them stop. No, no. I, I mean, a lot in our country, the agencies. It's put the in wizard place. behind the curtain. Oh, I mean, it okay, really enough, is. Enough with the lizards. No, not lizard, wizard. Well, okay. well, wizard. I thought you said lizard. <laughs> no, I mean, they may be lizards. Yeah, of course, of course. No, yeah. it's it's we, the I, whole I like, like Wizard of Oz I, thing. I can't talk to you for more than 30 minutes without hearing about fucking lizards now. The lizard people? Yeah. <laughs> You're a fucking wacko. No, I'm not. Maybe I mean, I mean, bit. look, it's 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 endearing, but you're still a fucking wacko. <laughs> Somebody's gonna love my craziness. I just know it. I mean, they have to, right? Right, they have to. Um, I'm not changing it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I I really do think that though. I I just I I just don't. You know, I I I I once heard that if um, you know, there was there was a while where I lived in New York City, and you know. People who don't haven't lived in a city like that, they they think it's just miserable. You know, they're like yeah, and all like these, people on top of people. Yeah, all and these it people on top of like people. Piss and shit. But yeah. uh, it's really not bad. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's it's really not that bad. Especially, I, I loved mean, Seattle. I mean, it wasn't as big as New York City, but it's yeah. a pretty big city, and I fucking loved it. And I could go to the town and see as many people as I would you know, somewhere like Memphis. Yeah. But I would, I would see, no, no, I, I heard something a while back. Uh, this is a few years ago. So, I mean, the population might've increased since then, but it said basically if, if all the people in the world lived with the same population density that they do in Manhattan, then the entire planet could live in Texas. I saw that. I know I've seen that. That's ringing a bell. Yeah, so this fuck over population. <laughs> Look, but it's the it's those things like that that they use as tools to try to justify what they want to do. Anyways, it's a total manipulative game scenario that the lizard people are controlling. Lizard people. All right. Yep. Had to bring it back. Yeah, I I think the reason that they're lizard people isn't because uh, they're actual reptiles. It's just that. Uh, you the lizards are green and money is green. Ooh, or maybe it's because they're cold hearted. And they're cold hearted. You know, cold-blooded. maybe that maybe that all started with being cold blooded and you know a heartless, emotionless person, okay. and it spun this whole reptile people. Yeah, I'll I take like that. that. All right, any listeners of the show, if you ever hear me refer to lizard people from now on, it's metaphorical in that sense. Oh, I love that you're going to refer to <laughs> lizard people. I win. I fucking win. Listen, I'm not saying I will, but... Yeah, you have to now. You I have to. I don't have to. I don't have to do anything. The second you do it, I'm clipping it and I'm putting it in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I will record it. Hey, fair play, fair play. Uh-huh. <laughs> play it on loop. Yeah. hmm But I really do, you know... The, the way that this was presented in this documentary, I thought it was good, right? I thought it was good, but I do I do think it's a little sensationalist. But I don't think it's even sensationalist. But it is a Netflix documentary. 
Come yeah. on. I don't think with it's, an exclamation point in the title. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't think it's sensationalist for the sake of sensationalism. The man who made the documentary, he was he seemed very sad, you know? Because, he did. Very shaken. Yeah, he just his, lost his wife too. Yeah, right? his, he lost his wife to breast cancer and you know, the, her her, you know, shadow was over the whole thing. Right. And yeah. you know, it's it seemed a lot like me uh that you know he was someone looking looking for something to blame right yeah uh okay i can see and, that he needed a I, scapegoat yeah and i think not not even a scapegoat look i mean he he might have had a point right he needed uh, an enemy for all the feelings kind of thing exactly exactly yeah, i see what you're and, saying you know I, I don't i don't begrudge anyone that type of a uh, an emotional response but i i would you know advise anyone who watches the thing to exercise that that type of caution when they watch it so that they they don't just you know watch it and say oh uh all of this is true because obviously you know it's on the documentary and also you know documentaries haven't always been known to be the most scrupulous yeah that's true However, I don't think this is a situation that if you look for a demon, you'll see one behind every bush kind of thing. I really don't. I think that they heard a boogeyman and then found the boogeyman. I don't think that this is something that they created the monster for it. I think that it already existed. I I don't disagree. But, I mean, that greed monsters and everything. Yeah, there is really is well i honestly i think we've we've pretty much covered as much on this as uh as there is to cover <laughs> you know i think we've kind of i think we've kind of beat it so yeah i mean yeah. definitely uh i mean if if people really you know really get into this uh surely we could dig into to other other oh, yeah. things with it uh so, there's you know, other documentaries. There's other stuff that we can dig into with it. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, if any if anyone wants to hear more about it, just let us know. You know, you can. You yeah, can, we can do a whole thing about like our toxic world. Yeah. I, I mean, we could do a whole series on it. Yeah. So, I love it. Yeah. See well, you guys next time. Yeah. You've been sitting here uh, practicing for a TED talk for what seems like ten minutes. It's already awkward. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of liking it. I think we've just about reached our time. I think we have. So, all right, everybody, go out there, get the information you need. We We have no information on said family. We have no information on anything. We know nothing. Uh, We look forward to talking to you next time. See you next time, guys.